0: Are you ready to leave a safety legacy? Your legacy
1: success story begins now. Hi, and welcome to The Safety Guru. My name is Eric McCroskey. Very happy to have with me Eduardo Land, who's a partner with Propolo Consulting, uh, has done many, many years in in organizational change within uh, different contexts, and more recently in the last uh, 10 to 15 years, spent a lot of work driving transformations around safety and safety culture. Eduardo, very excited to have you with me today.
2: Thank you, Eric. Very excited to be on the podcast as well.
1: So today we're going to be talking about a very interesting and important topic around frontline leadership, supervisory skills around safety. But before we go there, I really want to understand if you can share a bit about your journey that got you into the safety world and where that passion comes from.
2: Absolutely, absolutely. So, um, so I didn't start out as a safety consultant at all. I didn't even start out as a consultant. I started out as an executive in the transportation industry. I was uh, a warehouse manager. Mm-hmm. And the company I worked for, um, and I won't mention names, <laughs> uh, had an old style of, uh, of command and control. And it was really an abusive environment you screamed at people and you were even rude to people and i received that kind of tra- that kind of treatment and i dished it out i was very young i was like 25 years old at the time
1: mm-hmm.
2: and um, and it got to a point where i really felt um ucky about being mm-hmm. in that kind of environment and treating people like that and being treated like that and i remember I was being groomed to be a director. I was a manager at the time, mm-hmm. and, and I remember thinking to myself one day, "I, I can't do this anymore. I just can't, <laughs> I, I can't treat people like this. There's got to be a better way right. to work and be productive." And so I left that company, and that started me on the path to really figuring out ways of. Um, managing organizations and leaving Mm -hmm. in ways that were both respectful and dignified and at the same time um, increased production uh, and had a result, a positive result on the bottom line. And a few years later, I became a consultant, a management consultant, a leadership consultant. And then a few years later, um, somebody asked me if I would be willing to do some safety work, mm-hmm. which was uh, really strange at the time for me because I had no idea what, what safety any, – anything about safety. Sure. <laughs> and uh, and, I, and, and, the person, and I told the person, look, I, I don't know anything about safety. I'm not, I don't know the technical elements of safety. Mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't know what – I wouldn't know where to start. And the person told me that the type of work they were doing had a, had a lot to do with commitment, with leadership, with communication, mm-hmm. and that I would be a good fit for it. And so I decided I decided to try it out. And this was I don't know maybe almost twenty years ago. And I soon found that it was um, that I was very passionate about it. That right. this a passion i had around treating people right um had everything to do with safety there's nothing more important that, than watching out for the physical sure. well-being of people but when we talk about safety at least the way i hold it it's not just physical it's mental mm-hmm. it's emotional it's social it's 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 everything um, sure does that answer your
1: question? Absolutely. So, so you, you've done a lot of of work over the years around safety, and and one of the things that uh, you started realizing was really the the importance of the role of of supervision uh, in safety. Can you share maybe some thoughts and, and how how that that reflection came about? Sure.
2: So, um, so as soon as I got started doing work uh, in the area of safety, I was um, basically doing uh, training sessions Mm -hmm. for frontline workers and we were trying to raise their risk awareness and have them have changed their mindsets and their attitudes and be more responsible in terms of safety and it was all great work and it did have an impact but very soon in my career i discovered that um Sometimes I would go back to some of the organizations I work with Mm -hmm. and things were back to the way they were before. And we would try Mm -hmm. to figure out what was missing, what had happened. And one of the things that we found was that um, workers changed the way they communicated with each other or worked
1: Mm -hmm.
2: because of the training we had done with them, but then they were shut down by their supervisors like right. they, yeah for instance we would tell them if you see anything that doesn't look quite right that uh, seems mm-hmm. unsafe to you you uh, stop the work and figure out a way to do it that would be safe and sometimes we would find that they would do this and then they would right. get in trouble with their supervisors <laughs> because their supervisors would say to them, like, what are you doing? You're here to work. Just get to work right. and, and stop with the, uh, with the nonsense. <laughs> and, so, um, and so it became apparent uh, quite soon in my career as a safety consultant that the frontline supervisor, the frontline leader had a huge say in how work was done and how workers behaved.
1: Sure. And, and I think in many cases, I, I, I in interactions even with frontline workers, uh, the the feedback that, that's become clear is they will often listen to the supervisor more than the CEO in terms of relevance from the day-to-day. Um, so they have more influence in terms of how they show up, which is, unfortunately, I think the, the, the sad part is very few organizations and industries have really invested in in, in the frontline supervision or frontline leadership skill sets? Uh,
2: absolutely, absolutely. So yeah, so, so absolutely to your first point, um, the supervisor is the person that is there with the workers day in and day out. So his, her influence is huge on their behaviors, their mindsets. they mm-hmm. are looking to him or to her to fit in, to be accepted, to be well regarded, and so they will follow that person's lead. Now, as you mentioned, um, very few organizations, and this we also find, found, I, I also find, found this out very soon in my career, spend money uh, training, developing, coaching, mentoring supervisors. Right. They they, do, they don't see a need to do this, um, and I guess there's there's some. Uh, apparent logic to this. The the people that Mm -hmm. tend to get hurt are the workers. They're the the ones doing the work. So your logical and immediate response solution to the problem is let's train the workers. And they're the (laughs) ones getting hurt. So let's just train them.
1: (laughs) I've heard that many times before.
2: Exactly. And and the thing is, yes, training the workers is important and necessary, but it's insufficient. If you do not Train the supervisors. Um, the supervisors will shut down anything that uh, the workers uh, shift or change in mm-hmm. how they do the work. And um, and one one issue with, with the supervisors, it's typically uh, the uh, kind of the root of the matter, um, the root cause of the matter, is that supervisors tend to be to have been workers themselves. Sure. Uh, usually the most productive, the highest performing workers that got promoted through the ranks. And here lies the conundrum in that um, many of the skills that got them to be the best worker, being assertive, being a go-getter, mm-hmm. getting things done, um, pushing through whatever issues there was, even taking shortcuts. They were right. even celebrated sometimes for taking shortcuts. Um, Are in opposition with the skill set that they now need as uh, supervisors. Right. And
1: and so, how how do you close the gap? Uh, What are some of the themes that a supervisor needs to learn? Because in a lot of organizations, when I've poked around on supervisory training, it's often, I'd say, more labor relations training. It's it's how how not to end up in a grievance. Over the contract or something really basic, but not on how to lead, how to influence. Uh, what are some of the things that you think need to be covered for supervisors to become more effective at safety?
2: Sure, sure. So, so first off, I would say it covers some of the usual leadership uh, topics. Sure. Um, so uh, supervisors don't actually do the work; they lead uh, people. Mm-hmm that do the work so their it their job is no longer about how high performing they can be but how much they can get others to be high performing right so that has a lot to do with with leadership it has to do with uh, communication with uh, influence with engaging people with getting people to think Uh, creatively and and intelligently about the work that they're going to do and with getting people to really own the work that they're doing. So a lot of it has to do with general leadership training. Mm -hmm. Now, some of it, uh, and this is, I think, where a big difference can be made in terms of supervisory training and and coaching and mentoring, a lot of it is very skills-specific. And um, mm-hmm. so it has to do a lot with how you assign work. Sure. Um, and one of the things that we tend to do when we are the boss uh, in terms of assigning work is we tell people what to do and <laughs> we tell them how to do
1: it. Right. Um, so I call we, it we tight, have... tight, 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 on, <laughs> <laughs> tight on, on, on what to do, uh, uh, tight on how to do it uh, as opposed to, uh, tight on what needs to be achieved and, and loose in terms of how you achieve it. Correct, correct. And, and then we make the really um, kind of crazy uh, assertion
2: that um, because we said it, they must have understood it. I mean, it's clear. I said it. I said it several <laughs> times. I said it really loudly. I've said it many times. Um, and we ask them sometimes if we're, if we're gracious enough, do you have any questions? Is, are, mm-hmm. is everything clear? And if I'm your boss, and I tend to be very tight, 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 as you say it, and I ask you, and you're one of the workers that, uh, that, I, that reports to me, and I ask you, do you have any questions, Eric? Is everything clear? <laughs> what do you
1: think your, your
2: answer is going to tend to be?
1: I've got it. I've got it covered. Don't worry.
2: <laughs> exactly, exactly. And the problem with, with that is that it, that answer oftentimes has nothing to do with the fact that you really got it and you got it covered. It's got more Mm -hmm. to do with the fact that you don't want to look foolish, you don't want to look bad in my eyes, you want to look good. So that's where trouble starts. Because then we send them out and they do whatever they think is best. And oftentimes, it's not what's best. And that's where um, accidents happen. Mm -hmm. And so one of the skills that we teach supervisors is to to tell people what to do because oftentimes you mm-hmm. know what the work task is. But don't tell them how. Ask them how they're going to do it. Right. And ask them how they're going to do it safely. And here in here is a really simple but not easy at all skill, which is the skill of asking people. Sure. And if you... Ask and, and by asking we mean uh, not just any question but open ended questions and questions that get people thinking. And it's it, as I was saying, it's this really um, simple skill. Everybody knows how to ask questions mm-hmm. um, or understands what a question is, but asking questions is a real art. And I remember a supervisor I worked with in a mining project that mm-hmm. uh, that when he got just the importance of asking people open-ended questions. Mm -hmm. So open-ended questions are questions that ask for information. What, how, where, instead of close-ended questions that require a yes or no answer. Mm -hmm. So the moment that this supervisor got uh, the power of asking people open-ended questions, he he was just amazed at uh, what he could get his team to do in terms of thinking and really Raising their risk awareness and their sure. safety ownership.
1: And another theme I think is that's also important is really around coaching, um, because a lot of supervisors, like you mentioned, came from the ranks, right? Um, and, and coaching isn't normally something that you talk about uh, when you're a frontline team member. So, so tell me a little bit about the importance of of coaching in those in those conversations.
2: I would say it's huge. Um, Eric, unfortunately, yes, coaching is not often considered for frontline leaders, for supervisors. If at all it's considered for senior leaders, mm-hmm. um, but not for frontline leaders and supervisors. And it's huge because some of the skills that we'll be teaching supervisors, such as um asking people how they're gonna do the work, using open-ended questions that get people thinking, um, Another skill that, that is really important is acknowledging people for the safe work that they do, not just sure. talking about the bad or the unsafe work <laughs> they do, yes. and, and also redirecting or stopping in a skillful manner the unsafe work and unsafe behaviors they may be engaged in. And these are all skills. Doing uh, these things in a manner that really gets people thinking, that really has people uh, welcome the the message that it's a conversation instead of a monologue. These are all skills that require time to be learned and perfected. Right. In terms of in terms of understanding, they're pretty simple. Mm-hmm. In terms of practice, they're extremely difficult because we have a lifetime, and um, and supervisors in particular of of not working not communicating with people in that manner basically right. talking at people and <laughs> so and so what coaching does is it uh, it provides a supervisor with a field coach that is an expert in that type of work assignment that type of communication, uh, communication that type of engaging of people in a toolbox talk in you know, a work mm-hmm. assignment uh, conversation and when a supervisor gets that kind of coaching and the impact that he can have and the result and the safety results that can be obtained uh, will blow your mind I've I've mm-hmm. seen organizations that have really taken on uh, supervisor skills coaching that have really made a huge difference in their safety records and in how the work is done. And it has an impact not only on safety, which is the initial focus. It it has an impact on quality. It has an impact on productivity. It has an an impact on working environment, on worker retention. And it's really incredible what can be done when leaders, frontline leaders in particular, realize the power Mm -hmm. they have if they engage people in a conversation instead of talking at them. This episode of the Safety Guru Podcast is brought to you by Propolo Consulting, the leading safety and safety culture advisory firm. Whether you are looking to assess your safety culture, develop strategies to level up your safety performance, introduce human performance capabilities, re-energize your BBS program, enhance supervisory safety capabilities, or introduce unique safety leadership training and talent solutions,
1: Propolo, Propolo has, you has you covered. Visit us at Right, And I, I think when you think about a lot of behavior-based safety programs, even historically that have been launched in organizations, one of the things that surprised me is how little training was actually provided on how to deliver the feedback when the entire point of, of observations is really uh, to, to trigger a conversation around what people saw Uh, how they could do it better, recognize the right safe choices as well. And this is such a fundamental skill set to to driving safety and, and reinforcing the right choices, the right behaviors, and shifting attitudes and mindsets.
2: Correct. Correct, and it's a and, and in my mind, it's a lot. It's it's one of the big reasons, if not the reason, for the bad name, the bad rap that BBS programs have gotten because they become about um, how many observations you do, how many sure. cards you fill out. Then people start gaming the system and just <laughs> and just creating cards that where no observation existed. Or if you do go ahead and do an observation, the feedback is so poor that uh, you might as well not have done the observation because that interaction actually hurt that person's level of safety ownership given the nature of the interaction that took place sure. so so, um, so yeah a huge part of um, of a program like that or any safety interaction mm-hmm. is the quality of the conversation that you're having sure. with people and supervisors are not taught how to have no. those
1: conversations. Yeah. Many leaders aren't taught, but definitely not supervisors. Correct. And then that's usually where you need it the most. So I'm curious uh, uh, of your thoughts. Organizations often, if they've got a, 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 a limited budget around safety and training, they often will say, like you mentioned before, I want to focus on my frontline team members. Is that really the best place to start? Yeah, Would you say there would it be working with leaders or would it be with with supervision
2: i think the best bang for your buck is supervision um, obviously if you want to have a a radical transformation a real right. step change in how uh, in your organization's safety culture you need to work with all levels of the yeah, organization 100% yeah. um because supervisors don't are not there 24 hours a day mm-hmm. senior leaders uh, hold the purse strings and many of the uh, of the key decisions about the systems that also impact safety and workers um, I mean are their own person and they will make their own decisions right but if if your budget is limited and you have to choose one place that place is supervision and it's um, supervision, not only in terms of training, but mm. as you mentioned, in terms of coaching and um, because right. training is just your entry point at developing these skills.
1: Exactly. Yeah. A- any examples uh, that you can share where, where you've had a really sizable impact by focusing on, on supervision? And, and maybe can you share how, how that can help transform an organization?
2: Yeah, absolutely. Um, so uh, so I was mentioning this example of a mining project I was involved in a couple of years ago uh, where um, you know it uh, it was they had a they didn't have a terrible safety record but mm-hmm. it wasn't but it wasn't great and uh, and they needed to improve and there was also this working environment that was very much carrot and stick uh, people the, People were not very happy working on that project (laughs) and they worked there because they had to. There was a lot of turnover. They would go to other projects. And uh, we focused heavily uh, on shifting the way supervision supervised the work and the way supervisors engage with Mm -hmm. their crews. Um, We did uh, initially, we did training with them and then there was a lot of uh, field coaching sure. that uh, impacted really every touch point they had with their crews. So the toolbox talks, the safety meetings, the, um, the shift handovers, mm-hmm. and even the day-to-day interactions. This organization was so committed to, to improving that they embedded safety cultures Hmm. as safety coaches, um in, in field safety coaches right. in, in, in in the work. Um and they just lived in that worker camp and were part of the of the population and really shadowed the supervisors and were there continuously helping the supervisor up their game. Um, the The shift was really incredible in terms mm. of of their of how safety was improved, of how the culture was shifted. You could you could see it in the numbers, but you could also feel it, and people would talk about it. Like, right, like I, I I feel like my supervisor knows me, he cares about me, he asks me what I think, I feel valued, and you could see people's. A contentment uh-huh. around being heard and her- heard and seen and allowed to contribute in that manner. Mm-hmm. Um, but more than their contentment, you could see the level of commitment, uh, a new level of commitment that they had to doing good quality, safe work.
1: Right. I, I remember doing some work in a, in a mine site, similar, um, just illustrating the importance of the supervisor. There there was, in one mine shaft, there were two supervisors and the the crews were working side by side. And the difference between both supervisors was stark. One was barking, yelling, Mm. telling how the work should be done. The other one showed active care day in and day out, knew about everybody's loved ones, why they were staying safe. Um, And you could sense it when we were talking to people uh, that were working down this particular mine shaft. Uh, they, you could see in the conversations, you could almost identify who who they worked for uh, just based on their stories and their examples. Uh, so an incredibly powerful and important one. Obviously, safety results were very different, very stark difference between between both. In terms of supervisory training, uh, mm-hmm. I think we've talked about that's a, a good first step. Is it really different from from leadership training, uh, or maybe is it more in terms of the delivery and the topics that I cover that that you should consider a difference.
2: I think there is a, a marked difference. As I said, it's not that uh, some topics will be uh, part of the general leadership curriculum, but some topics are very uh, skills specific uh, in terms of assigning work sure. and their field base. So, the best type of uh, um, of coaching for supervisors may start out in a, or training for supervisor may start out in a classroom setting, but very Mm -hmm. soon it goes to the field. Right. And it's in their work environment at their usual work meetings. Right. And that's where uh, the rubber meets the road. That's where they're having a real uh, impact on people in the way they engage with them Mm -hmm. and the way they communicate with them in the way they involve them or not. Sure. And so I think that's smart. Uh, Markedly different, uh, distinctly different from general leadership training. It's a lot more field based. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, that's what that's what I would say about that.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I I, I would agree with you in, on that on that front. I, but I think it's more importantly than anything else is really the the criticality of investing in frontline supervision training. Um, really investing in those frontline leaders when when somebody gets upgraded from from the craft. There should be something that that teaches you how to to get on board. There should be more investment, uh, even beyond uh, paired kind of support with somebody else. Uh, there's so much that can be done to to develop uh, that skill set. So Eduardo, thank you so much for sharing some some wonderful ideas on the this really important topic of of supervision. Any closing thoughts that you'd like to share?
2: Yeah, I'll say two more things. I I, re- I want to touch upon something you said around. Actively caring for mm-hmm. people. Um, another key point uh, that we stress, that I stress, um, that we stress uh, in terms of uh, how supervisors can engage with their crews is really imp- is the, the is this thing around care and concern sure. around relationship, and um, really key to getting people to uh, work safely to follow your lead is their belief that you care for them right and in terms of um of the impact on workers which Mm -hmm. is what we ultimately uh, are looking for because they're the ones doing the work and they're the ones closest to the risk and usually the ones that get hurt and you know we know and we've known for thousands of years that telling people what to do doesn't work um (laughs) It uh, And there's this quote that they, uh, it's, it, it's really a, a quote, I think by Confucius, but they attribute it now to Benjamin Franklin that says, tell me and I will forget, show me and I may remember, but involve me directly and I will learn and I will make it mine. Right. So that's the kind of um, training and coaching we are alluding to. Uh, teaching supervisors how to really involve people directly instead of telling them.
1: Yeah, I, I think that's very well said. I, I, I often even talk about the, the theme of safety participation just as a as a vehicle to get people more connected, involved around safety, to, to drive improvements, but also more likely to, to follow the rules. But that's also linked to it, really, is the more I'm engaging you, involving you, the more likely you're going to do the right thing when, when nobody's watching. Correct.
2: Correct. Yeah. It's, it, it's really, it's almost like magic. It, uh, it even trumps, um, uh, salary considerations. Right. Sometimes that people have such a need to be involved mm-hmm. and, and to be heard and to be seen that if we as leaders, and now I'm speaking at all, uh, about all mm-hmm. types of leaders can learn to do that the level of discretionary effort that we'll yeah. get from people will blow our minds.
1: Yeah, I think it's a, a very important point. I think it's too often missed. People think, I've got promoted, so I can I can tell you how to do it. Uh, but listening is often the important piece. And, and, and sometimes it doesn't even come out. That was one of the things I, I learned early on in my career. When people were telling you, <clears throat> the process and the tools I have aren't adequate – If you fixed it, that didn't necessarily solve the problem from a perception standpoint, because often what they were saying is you didn't engage and involve me in it. Um, But what actually came out from surveys from focus groups was more focused on um, the tools and the methods, the procedures, et cetera, um, as opposed to you didn't engage and involve me.
2: Yeah, and and I think that has that has to do a little bit with the culture that that we live in. It's not uh, commonplace, particularly for big, strong mm-hmm. men, which dominate sometimes the industry, to say, "I want to be heard, I want to be seen." Right. That um, you're not going to necessarily hear them say that. But it. But here's the thing: it's a universal human need, yeah. and 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 we. Uh, and if you want to have an impact on somebody else, whether you're a senior leader, a frontline mm-hmm. leader, or even a crew member, you, should, you would be well advised to know that.
1: <laughs> yes, absolutely. Yeah. Well, Eduardo, thank you so much for sharing your thoughts on safety supervision, safety uh, leadership, particularly at the, uh, at the frontline levels. I think it's such an important topic. Really appreciate you taking the time to, to share your insights on this. Thank you.
2: Oh, no, thank you. I'm pa- very passionate about this, so anytime. Thank
0: you. Like what we do? Share this on your socials and tell everyone. Thank you for listening to The Safety Guru on C-Suite Radio. Leave a legacy. Distinguish yourself from the pack. Grow your success. Capture the hearts and minds of your teams. Fuel your future. Come back in two weeks for the next episode or listen to our sister show with the ops guru, Eric McCroskey.